Like, but Gary, how how do you pronounce his? Like, how would you pronounce his name? I don't know. Maybe it's a uh, common name. Steve in, Aoki. Uh, Steve oh, Aoki. Neat. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it in the Google. Uh... <laughs> it just hit me what you were saying. Is Steve Aoki joining? I think he does the song that goes. That's one of my faves. Is that Wait, is that who's joining? Dude, I can't fucking hear this tri- this pronunciation website to to pronounce his last name while you guys are like bumping Steve Aoki in my ear. listeners we're back with episode 17 of not to be technical our 19th recorded episode it's your boy never have i ever enough gary and charlie back in the mix with no nicknames as usual what the hell and uh, (laughs) very rude i am very rude maybe next week i'll get you guys some nicknames um but for this week we're gonna do something a little different we're actually gonna have our first guest his name is Steve something. Uh, I'm going to say Asway. And he's an NFT specialist and researcher focusing on how this new technology is going to affect our world and the future. Um, and overall, what we're going to do is just ask him some you know, general questions about NFTs as you know, they seem to be um, you know, hot currently all over the yeah, place. Yeah, let me tell you, Office. I've also heard some rumors about this, Steve. An award-winning marketing scholar. He's produced wor- uh, work for the United Nations, among other brands or, or companies or organizations. Uh, he holds a, a lot of different awards of marketing. Uh, I mean, this guy does it all. He produces music. He's a creative director for a nonprofit photography which i've seen on instagram so i'm very excited for this guy to join you definitely heard these all as rumors that's for sure just yeah dude, everyone's talking about it it's insane it's coming gary, down the great this too right gary i think I heard, yeah, I heard this it. from nafis ahmed number two and three uh oh, on social right. media yeah, yeah that's right they were both talking about it i actually heard this from the owner of ramen 369 which is oh, a yes. restaurant in delray beach florida he was telling me about it along uh there's six places you could sit there and he also has uh six people that work with him so they were <laughs> six all of his babes he's, he's, he's hashtag logged on baby <laughs> he is hashtag logged on uh, so uh Nafis, you know i'm really good at pronouncing things uh, i'm sure our listeners uh, that have listened for a while know this about me um Kind of a little bit of a linguist, if you will. Oh, you definitely know, a linguist. With the, uh, with the language of English and sometimes other languages as well. So I believe it might be kind of how to pronounce his name. I think it's uh, Steve Asso, uh, like uh, Ted Lasso, uh, oh, the yeah. famous show from Apple TV, Ted Lasso hit show, just won a bunch of Emmys if you haven't heard. Uh, Gary, how do you think we pronounce our I, first guest I name? really want you to get corrected on that, Charlie. Um, I would say my, my crack at it is going to be a soy. A soy. Yeah, something like, like that. that. Like a soybean. Uh, like a, a soybean. Soy. <laughs> soy. Yeah, it, like emphasis on the O. For everyone listening, we have been talking about this for far too long, trying to figure out how to say his name rather than just ask him. But he'll be on with us soon. We're really excited. He reached out to us. Uh, he's an NFT specialist and researcher. We'll see what he's got for us. He told us. He reached out. He seems like a really cool dude. Has his own podcast. We'll get all into that in a little bit. Uh, but one thing... 
Uh, you know, right now, like we talked about last week, how it's starting to get into winter season. You know, we talked about soups. A lot of you guys are very engaged with the soup content, by the way. We appreciate everyone reaching out there. What on top of mind for me right now is right now we're in the month of October. Halloween is here. Spooky season. It is spooky season. Uh, but I was I was asked a question recently. You know, the, the hit movie, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. You guys know this movie, right? Yes, sir. So good. We're on a, we're, we're, we can speak to this very confidently then. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is very much a Halloween movie and not a Christmas movie. Is this correct? I, I believe it is a Halloween movie. Some people think it's a Christmas movie. I think that's absurd. You can go either way on this. I mean, it has Christmas in the name. I just think of, okay, around which which uh, holiday am I going to be more likely to watch this movie? Maybe I'm weird, but I'm team Christmas as well. I'm going to go Christmas. Does this play during Christmas? Is that a thing? I feel like it's more Halloween. I, I feel like it leans definitely more Halloween. I mean, I would agree that like objectively speaking, it's it's a Halloween theme to it, but... I don't know, just strangely, I, I think of it as a Christmas movie. Also, more of most of my experience with this movie is more through the video game Kingdom Hearts. So I think depending on which game it is that you're playing, uh, one is more Halloween-like and one is more Christmas-like. And the Halloween one came first, so perhaps... This is true. And it also says the nightmare before Christmas in the name, right? That's before Christmas. They're talking about something that happened before Christmas. Halloween. You guys already know the only way to settle this. You already That's right. Know. We ask Steve Assoy. <laughs> we can we can do that, and, or we can have an Instagram poll, or both. I think we're going to go for both, Gary. But I, I love the idea. That's extremely innovative. But I brought this up because link in the description. Yeah, uh, no, but uh, no, no, there's, no, there's it's not, not a link in the description. Uh, please no, don't no, look no, for that link. In the description. <laughs> it's not how it works. We will have a poll up. But yeah, when I was asked this question, I was very adamantly told by several people that it's a Christmas movie, 100% a Christmas movie. So they're with Gary, although Gary doesn't sound as sold on it. Gary, I think you're saying, oh. I, no, I feel like it can yeah. go. It, it really can go either way. It's subjective it, it overall. Is, but um, I feel like but, the dude's name is Jack Skeleton. He looks like a skeleton. It ain't Jack Santa Claus. I mean, come on. It's it, it has to be Halloween. Uh, I honestly think that's a strong, strong point there. I, I stand by argument. I stand by my logic. My logic is that if if you're watching it around Christmas time, it's a Christmas movie. If you're more likely to watch it around Halloween time. Isn't the villain like a, a bag? Dude, the, the villain is literally it's an angry yeah, knapsack. A, a ghost. Like one of those knapsacks you would wear is like a ghost is like a cheap Halloween costume. It's clearly a Halloween movie. His name's Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie ain't going around the holidays on a sled. I, I feel like I'm gonna come back in the in the losing side of this poll, but I'm sticking with Christmas That's fine. on this one. We, we need some uh, we need some conflict on the show. You feel me? Uh, speaking of conflict, we brought up a Fiesta Potato story last week, which a lot of our viewers actually liked. We were a little unsure if that was a good story or not, but it, it seems like a lot of people enjoyed it. I hated it. Oh well, great. I mean, you you lied to us on the show. You seem quite engaged. <laughs> I saw you voted also again. Against us in the poll, but we put a poll up uh, per Gary's request to see if we were jerks in the Fiesta Potato story. And 62% of the audience said no. Gary and I were not jerks. It was close, close. closer than I would have expected. I think a lot of people didn't vote too if they didn't hear the full story yet. I think a lot of people also voted without hearing the story and just <laughs> voted yes. Uh, that we were the jerks here. I like, uh, that. Including... I like that a lot. <laughs> but it is funny though, because it's like for almost 40% of the audience basically probably would have. 
like never been friends with us again. They would have severed their ties with us if they I, were in I the situation with us. I would hard to believe that 40% of the audience would take their shirts off and fight for Fiesta potatoes. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, this is just a reference to our last episode. There is some violence over the dollar menu item Fiesta potatoes at a Taco Bell while Gary and I were in college. We went over it in depth. Uh, what happened, uh, the results of that, and the results of the poll show that 62% of the people agreed with how we handled it. So I, I think it's a win. We could, we could, um, I, I would like to get elaboration for the people that voted yes on that to, to say, like, what, you know, what we should have done differently, I guess. Like, should we have taken our shirts off and fought? Like, is there some in between middle ground? Like, we get out and try to de escalate the situation. Definitely de escalate the situation with your shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, guys, calm, calm down. down. <laughs> Everybody, calm, calm down. down. I'm about to take my shirt off. <laughs> Does anybody ever take their shirts off and then try to de-escalate a situation? You're always escalating with your shirt off, right? I don't know. Does this even happen anymore? I mean, like. Question. <laughs> No, but I was going to say this would be a good question to ask the um, "Am I the asshole?" Ooh. subreddit. That's a All right, we might yeah, follow that's a good up there. one. There. That could be our research. I thought yeah. you were going to say this might be a good question for Steve. Well, that too. That too. It might take up a lot of his time, though. I, I don't want to take up too yeah. much time of his. I know it's valuable to uh, bring him up to speed on this like twelve-year-old story. That's pretty stupid, but I mean, we can. No, there's we no can. way we're going to. You can just leave leave the link to the "Am I the asshole?" post on Reddit that we that we do. Link in the oh bio. god, yeah, that's right. Hate all of these links. So, did you guys? Uh, what am I saying? I, of course, you guys noticed Instagram, Facebook. What is the other one? WhatsApp. These were all popular platforms that appeared to be down yesterday. Is that right? Oh, Gary, that is right. Everyone was freaking out. It went out yesterday around eleven forty a.m. Eastern time. And it stayed that way until 6 p.m. So that is a long, that's probably one of the longest outages Facebook had. And then keeping in mind that that affects Instagram, WhatsApp, other Facebook platforms as well, Messenger, of course. So people were freaking out, particularly Android users. Uh, we love Android users around here. Uh, but, you know, for some reason, Android users have to use a separate messaging app to message one another. They can't just use the native app on their phone. WhatsApp is that app. WhatsApp was down for the whole day. So uh, apparently, you know, there was a lot of jokes made. Twitter had a, a, a tweet that went viral. I think it just said hi or like, hi, what's up, everyone, or something like that. And like so many huge brands responded to that tweet, like all just poking fun at what was going did, on. Did we respond it, to that? No, we didn't, Gary. Uh, uh, but but I, we had some tweets that were uh, we had some tweets out there that we reposted on the stories too, talking about the Android users and stuff like that. Uh, you know, but we, we had one tweet. I said tweets plural, but it was one tweet that we did. So we were a little bit in it. Uh, but you know, Instagram was down, so it was kind of hard to stay on top of it. But anyways, yeah, this this was pretty big. Uh, more than three point five billion people use these platforms to communicate. So this was actually a huge thing that happened. So what the hell happened? Like, was was there like some server room that caught fire at Facebook's HQ? Like, what what happened? I don't know anything about this. Well, it was the first day that people were able to listen to the Not to Be Technical podcast oh, on our course. Facebook yeah. page because it was hosted up there now, which they now have. Uh, this so is much actually true. You can it, listen to insane. it there, but but no. Uh, what really happened, speculation on this is not true. So on Sunday night, a former product manager named uh, Francis Hagen, uh, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but let's just go with Francis Hagen. Uh, she, leaked, 
Huh? Yeah, France. <laughs> <All right. laughs> great, fucking great content in office. Dude, I, I love a good – like <laughs> I've slept on haagen for a while, but there's one right by where we work, Knopfis and I. And you know, haagen ain't that bad, my man. Like I prefer Cold Stone. I prefer other ice cream, but haagen is I'll go right. Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's on this one. Yeah, I mean, I prefer Ben and actually, I prefer Ben and Jerry's at home. I don't like the Ben and Jerry's if, standalone stores. They're always shitty. If I'm gonna pick one store that's the best ice cream to get at the store, Cold Stone would be the one I would go it's, to. That's but me too. Yeah, yeah, but the the take home Ben and Jerry's. But Hagen Dazs is fine. It's good. It's good too. If you if you travel out of Florida, they have this thing called Marble Slab something. It's just like Cold Stone. Marble Slab does it right too. It's really? it's around okay. the nation. Yeah, noted, noted. Yeah, but uh, but anyways, Frances Hagen Dazs she leaked ten thousand tens of thousands of pages of documents to the Wall Street Journal, uh, arguing that the company was prioritizing engagement over user safety. Uh, so there's been a lot of news lately how Facebook knowingly was you know pushing content and pushing things you know not good mentally, especially for teenagers and younger kids. There's a lot uh, within those tens and thousands of pages, of course. So it's a lot of pages. What the fuck? Like, yeah, that's God. a lot of pages. Imagine having to write all that shit. Oh my God. Like being like the person that meant for it to be internal had to do right. that reporting. But this shit was leaked. Uh, lots of stuff in there. Facebook had already been sliding in terms of stocks after this was revealed. And then just a day later, all this happens. Facebook goes down. There's a lot of speculation, theories that this is why. But to answer your question, Gary, uh, they apologized today. They were very sorry to everyone. It, long story short, it was... A routine update, they said, to the company's border gateway protocol. Uh, and Gary, you probably notice as BGP. Yeah, BGP. I'm all about BGPs. So, you know. so basically, you preface that with saying that this may or may not be linked to Francis haagen leak of these documents, right? That's correct. It but, may okay. or may not might be, be scrubbing stuff. Was some allegedly. Reckless, allegedly. Reckless, reckless speculation on your part. Uh, by many others. I'm just the messenger of news here. Uh, Fair enough. I have no bias here on Miss haagen However, um, you know, we're back, baby. We, we got all the platforms back. Facebook is sorry. Uh, the people that worked at Facebook got a little, <laughs> so it's all good. Uh, a little day off, you know, no Facebook going on. But how did you survive in office without using Instagram for, you know, nearly a whole day? Uh, honestly, you know, I was just fine. Um, yeah, so... I what I thought was actually funny is the way I found out about this was actually in like a work group chat from Charlie uh, because uh, this actually was stopping him from doing like a report that he does that involves Facebook and like you know digital spend um, so it slowed him down in his day and I was like oh wow you know this is this is a this is a thing that's affecting people worldwide my first thought was like wow people all over the world are gonna have significantly more productivity this Monday. But then I also realized that there's a lot of people that use WhatsApp probably for communications and how that probably just really messed with a lot of people all over the world from communicating from one another. Uh, I'm just thinking especially international uh, communications like that just must have created a massive breakdown in a day, which probably caused problems for people. But for me, um, I didn't really it didn't really bother me too much. Um, On Monday, I had to go to two dentist appointments. um, So uh, I didn't really have that much time to really even care about this whole issue, but um, I had TikTok during. The oh, in-between. thank God for TikTok! Thank God for TikTok! I, know. You know? I didn't even notice it was down. I didn't no- notice that it was down for as long as you told me, like in- until just now. But um, yeah, the- I thought about it after the fact, like what you were saying, Nafis, with the WhatsApp, because I know 
um, for my wife, you know, she has family abroad in South America and like, that's the primary way of communicating. Yeah. So that, that was probably like a huge problem there, but yeah, um, it's just like all over the world. It's like yeah. so many countries use WhatsApp as a primary like source of communications. And I was like, Oh crap, that sucks. Yeah. Big time. Today was a much better day in terms of tech news. Um, office, something we talked about quite a bit in the past. Do you want to give the big news from Microsoft? What's going on today? So this actually slipped under my radar. Um, and it's the launch of Windows 11. I didn't even realize it was launching today. So I think it's actually kind of funny that it's out. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to go over all these updates that you know, we've discussed in the past. Anyone who's interested in this uh, in Windows 11, uh, I highly recommend if you have got like a hard drive that's got extra space, um, create a separate partition on it, download it there. You do not want to just go ahead and jump into a new OS uh, out of the blue, uh, you could potentially have issues. Now, I think this is supposed to be a good rollout. Uh, I think Windows has been working on making this stuff smoother, but um, I am paranoid and I don't like losing my stuff, uh, You know, especially if I haven't backed it up. So partition a drive, install it, play around, have fun. Uh, I probably intend on doing that later on this week and We'll come back next week with some more updates. So so great recap there, Novice. I can assure you that 99% of our audience has no clue about oh, partitioning yeah, a drive or anything like that. I, I don't think we need to go into it. I would say oh, probably yeah. if you're a little adverse to these things, wait a little bit for the update. But it, it probably is good to update yes. sooner rather than later. Um, if you're concerned about trying to understand what partitioning a drive is like Gary is, just just don't even do yeah, that. Don't, just don't we're just getting into the good it. part. Why would you stop that? You derailed us, Charlie. Well, I mean, you know, people are like, what's partitioning a drive? You know, it's like yeah, you they said Google. it. <laughs> they got no, I, y'all got I, Google. I have, y'all no, got I have Google. no idea what he was talking about. So that's yeah, fine. It's, it's, just, just don't worry, guys. Just just get the update. It's the partition I'll, I'll see you on Windows that. 11 in like yeah. 2026. 20, yep. Classic Gary joke. I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> Maybe I'll surprise you. I'm on iOS 15. Well, I'm going to partition the last of our uh, trending tech here. This is big news for the gamers out there. Those Nintendo gamers that like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which is most Nintendo gamers. They have the final character that's released for the latest iteration of Super Smash Bros. on the Switch. It's the most requested character of all time. Uh, Nintendo has put surveys out there. This has always been the number one. Do you know who it is, guys? My guess was Cranky Kong. <laughs> Cranky Kong. <laughs> no, it's it's actually Fred Armistead. <laughs> just as himself. <laughs> yeah, Cranky Kong played by Fred Armistead. That's Armisen. a reference for last time. What's your guess, yeah. Thomas? Um, uh, it, it's Daisy. Uh, I think that's Luigi's wife. Dude, Daisy's been in Super Smash. Oh, shit, she about? is, isn't she? Fuck. Yeah. Dude, dude they got like talking. 82 characters in God, this game. It's really hard to keep up. Okay? Jeez. Yeah, well, well, the latest one, and Office definitely knows what this is. It's Sora. It's Sora from Kingdom Hearts. You already know what it Keyblade. is. You already know what it is. Sora, a.k.a. the Kingdom Hearts Keyblade Wheeler, a.k.a. AKA Kyrie's waifu. You know what's up. Riku, I don't know if Riku's involved. They got those Kingdom Hearts maps. It looks great. Dude, I, I don't I know don't play Super what Smash you guys Bros. are talking about. Oh, I played baby. Smash He's Bros. back be... in the day, like in college, but that was it. You never played Kingdom Hearts? Uh, No. Oh, wow. Okay, well, well that's, no. uh, that's not surprising knowing Gary. Gary's, you know, he used to go by Codfather as his gamer yeah. tag. He, he ain't Kingdom <laughs> He ain't uh, Sora Father, you know? But No. I like Kirby well, on uh, nice. on Smash Bros. Yeah. Good character. I've got a love-hate vibe 
He's got a little, I, I like, I dig the little cutesy, cutesy characters, you know? So it looks like we've got a new challenger approaching our <laughs> NFT specialist, Steve. Um, Steve, before we get yep. started, um, could you pronounce your last name for us? Because it's up for debate between Ooh. the three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's pronounced Asaway. Gary had it. Yeah, Gary, right? you did have it. Yeah. Maybe the closest of the three. I don't think I had it exactly. Yeah, but <laughs> Yeah, we, okay. there was, we, we failed miserably, uh, but Steve, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're from Montreal, right? Yeah, exactly. From Montreal, Canada. Born there, been there my whole life. Um, you guys are from Miami, right? Or like Florida? Exactly. Yeah, we're down in South Florida. So uh, oh, dope, dope. Here, thanks for joining us, connected here at, over NFTs. Yeah, you know, thanks it, for having I, me. I believe, yeah, and you, uh, so you say self-described as kind of like a, an NFT researcher, a specialist mm-hmm. and really yeah. focusing on kind of how technology affects us currently and how it'll affect us in the future. Right. Yeah. So I guess kind of, how did you get into this a little bit? How did you um, yeah. find this interest and kind of uh, what do you find so interesting about it? where did you get this passion? Okay. That's actually, it's really random how, how I become like involved in this. So I've always been like an artist myself where I did like photography, videography, music production, all those kinds of things. Right. And at the same time, I studied, uh, studied business marketing at university and I continued into a master's. And for my thesis, which I'm still working on now, um, I had to get like something new that I can write about. And I was one day just scrolling uh, through Twitter and then I see like, oh, this guy sells an NFT for like $69 million. So I'm like, what is this? You know, like it doesn't make any sense. So I click on it and that's how like I sort of got into NFTs and I was like, wow, this is actually amazing. I've always been into art and like a new tech for like art stuff. And now this comes up and I'm at the same time, I'm in like marketing, right? For my thesis, I was like, this is like the perfect combination of all of that. So I really went like full in into NFTs, started like doing interviews, research, a bunch of all that, writing articles and all that stuff on it. And that's really how I got into it. So it was really from a random tweet online like one day awesome so and i guess to start there so you saw something about nfts but what are nfts like what does an nft even be like what does it stand for yeah basically an nft stands for a non-fungible token what what is that right the technical side is you can define it as a token that represents a unique and collectible digital asset now um i'll explain it explain it in like two other ways that are more simple to understand one explain like i'm five (laughs) yeah basically actually younger kids and teenagers understand it better than adults but uh usually i'll i'll tell them have you ever played video games they'll say yes then you say have you ever played a video game where you had to buy a skin or an item right and they'll be like "Yeah, yeah of course And then basically, if you understand that concept, you understand NFTs. The only difference is that now you own that digital asset that you buy. So it's as if you bought a skin and now it's yours. And anybody in the world can see that this uh, specific skin is yours and yours only, right? So it becomes valuable because of that. So that's a way of explaining it. The other way is like, Let's say a Picasso, right? That is being sold for 50 million at an auction house. 
um, when you buy the Picasso, you also get a certificate of ownership and also a certificate of authenticity saying that it's the real thing, right? Because I can go on Times Square or something and just see like 50 fakes of that stuff. Somebody with the naked eye won't be a naked eye won't be able to make a difference, right? So what makes the difference between the real one and the fake is that certificate that tells you, oh, yo, this is the unique one made by Picasso. Now it's the same exact thing, but online. And then FT is that certificate saying this is the one and only unique thing. So anybody can do a left-click, copy-paste the image or whatever, because an NFT can be an image, a GIF, a video, whatever. But not everyone can say, I actually own this and I can prove it to you. So basically, that's what an NFT is. It brings authenticity and ownership, but on digital things. Et voilà. <laughs> but one of the first things I think a lot of people think about when they hear about this is, okay, so mm -hmm. it's like an image, a GIF, or, or just yeah. something online that you know, is unique to that person now, but how exactly mm -hmm. is it unique? How can you securely feel like, okay, this NFT genuinely belongs to me. It's not just a photo that's on there that, you know, anyone can copy and paste like you were saying, right? So yeah. like what actually powers that? And, and I know I, I've heard like, you know, like, like I vaguely know like blockchain, it's powered mm -hmm. by this, like, but like, I'm sure you, you know this much better than I do. Yeah, <laughs> basically, an NFT is locked on the blockchain. As you said, the Ethereum, uh, Ethereum, sorry, Ethereum blockchain. How it started is with crypto, right? You had an episode on crypto, you guys, uh, where somebody talked about it. Basically, there's like the Bitcoin crypto, there's the Ethereum crypto. Most NFTs nowadays are on the Ethereum crypto, uh, Ethereum blockchain, my bad. And basically, it's the Ethereum, uh, the, the currency, right, is a fungible token on that is put on the Ethereum blockchain. Now, an NFT is just a non fungible token put on that same blockchain, right? And anything that is on the blockchain can be verifiable by anybody. A little bit of internet skills, you know, and you can see like every transaction that has ever happened on that blockchain and nobody can change it. It's immutable. So like, that's why it's secure too. Okay. Yeah. So the, the part that I feel like I, I struggle to wrap my brain around and I'd mm -hmm. like to hope some of our listeners feel the same way is like, so I got the skins concept and like, that's the yeah. place where like, I, I, you know, like as a gamer, I can, can kind of get it, especially if I play a game for a little while. Uh, I'll grow mm -hmm. an affinity to a specific character and then I'll be like, okay, I'll want, you know, this certain aesthetic for this character and I'll, you know, pay mm -hmm. in-game money for it or something. Uh, but the part yeah. that's difficult for me to kind of like get is like, what makes NFTs valuable? You know, I've you know spoken with certain friends and they're like, yeah, you know, I bought this JPEG for like, you know, a few thousand dollars and now it's tens mm -hmm. of thousands of dollars. And like, yeah. I don't understand where this appreciation comes from. You know, I get this idea that like, there's a validation of the authenticity, but like, mm -hmm. how does like, like, how does one measure the demand for this specific like JPEG or image or yeah. like digital piece? Mm -hmm. A good example is an NFT that I myself, I already bought from a, an artist called Pac, right? Pac is a artist within the like digital world that is very known already. And therefore, because he's known, he's like, let's say the, the, Picasso, but the digital version, you know, because of this, anything that he does 
is very demanded. He's already sold like um, digital art as NFTs for like one piece for $1 million or $2 million, right? So when he will do a sale and everyone wants to get one, right? Because it's limited. And if you have it, it's basically a flex too at the end of the day, just to say (laughs) that I'm able to have like something that is unique, that is hard to get and that not everybody has, right? And that concept of value is seen in everything. Like why... Would I buy myself, um, I don't know, uh, a Lambo instead of a Toyota if both cars can get me to point A to B, right? It's because one tells a lot more about something and is made by a certain brand with a certain aesthetic, which brings much more, at least to some people, than others. My mom couldn't care less, but I would love the Lambo. Get what I mean? So, Steve, I think you're just throwing a jab at me in my uh, red hair. <laughs> That's drugs. So, I, I I have a question also. I think because because I know Charlie and I um I know some of our other friends. Our our main experience with NFTs is through this NBA Top Shot, and I don't know if you're into basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you you probably know I about am, the whole for sure. kind of craze. That, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the craze that happened around like NBA Top Shot and like the NFTs mm-hmm. for like the moments that were on sale and the prices were like skyrocketing. That yeah. was something that, you know, like that was basically my only personal experience with NFTs, even though I do have personal mm-hmm. experience with crypto before that. Um, yeah. But I guess the one thing that I struggle with kind of like Nafis is like, and and I, I think you're kind of getting the point across. It's more of almost like a status symbol in a digital world mm-hmm. somewhat. But the thing mm-hmm. I struggle with that's different between like an NFT versus like Bitcoin, let's say, is like the actual the actual utility of it. So like yeah. Bitcoin, I can I can know like, okay, you know, I understand that like ultimately it's supply and demand and the price is driven by that, but mm-hmm. it's also, you know, it has a lot of utility in being a super secure network that's peer-to-peer that I don't need. Yeah. any permission from anyone to use it. Whereas like with an NFT, I don't know that it has that same utility. I can see where, okay, if I'm like a prominent Twitter user, I can put, you know, my crypto punk as like my avatar and people yeah. can go and see that like yeah. I own that crypto punk or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess that's the thing I struggle with. It seems like it's kind of crazy to where, you know, ultimately I guess there's going to be just a few types of NFTs that just appreciate like yeah. crazy in value. And then the rest of them are probably close to worthless, similar to like, you know, um, baseball cards (laughs) or like sports cards Mm -hmm. where there's like a few of them that are worth like millions and then the rest are in the dollar bin or something like that. So mm -hmm. I feel like I'm starting to wrap my brain around this a little bit. So I like, I guess from what I'm understanding is it's almost like community driven, right? Like there's got to be some sort of community that's interested in a particular topic, piece of art, artist itself. And that's mm-hmm. what's driving the value itself. Uh, and then where it starts to, you know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but where I'm yeah. seeing like it, it makes sense for maybe like someone who's a collector. One, if you're interested yeah. in a particular thing, then you have this validation of authenticity. And mm-hmm. then as the artist yourself, you don't need to worry about people faking all of your goods, right? Yeah, exactly. There's that too. Understand your questions. And they're very valid, right? The thing is, there's also a lot of, um, fut- there's the future potential. So when the internet came out in the 1990s, right? If you told somebody, hey, yo, I want to create a company, right? 
where people will be able to like post pictures of their food and their, themselves and other people will double double tap to like them and comment they'll be like you're crazy get what i mean like what's the <laughs> point what's the value in this but look how like social media is influencing us right now right so it's mm, around the okay. same thing for example in the future when you get a i don't know a concert ticket right it might be as an nft Therefore, you'll be able to say that you've been at that place. When you go, if you're you're in a community of, I don't know, Nike runners, right? And when you do a certain amount of kilometers, you receive an NFT. So basically, NFTs will be an actual immutable way of building your, how do I call that? Like your digital self, basically. Mm -hmm. So right now, for example, somebody that has a high Instagram and Facebook or YouTube can monetize that, right? A lot, if he has a lot of followers and stuff like that, because your digital is digital presence is very important, but it's going to be much more in the future. Hence, Ready Player One as a movie, like as a reference, you know how like your digital presence means much more even than like in mm -hmm. your real life, that movie, basically. So yeah, it's some so it's something like that. So I can picture in a few years you, you went at a convention. So and like you saw somebody that talked about something and you liked their points. You're like, oh, that person's chill, right? Instead of going on their Facebook or on their Twitter, it will be like, oh, let me go in their on their wallet. A wallet is where you can like hold all your digital NFTs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Let me go on okay. their wallet cool. and see like all their NFTs. If they have a house that the a digital house that they own in a metaverse, I'll get into what a metaverse is. <laughs> oh my later. god! You hold on a sec. I think oh you're man, going you're too really deep. Right yeah. 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 Topics you're you're just mentioning. Mm -hmm. um, could you give us an, a little bit more of the idea of the history behind it? Uh, like, you know, how did this you know start getting into play? You know, I've I, like like Gary mentioned, I learned about mm -hmm. it through NBA Top Shot. Uh, and, yeah. and if anything, what's kind of funny is I feel like this is like NBA Top Shot is like this origin story for you know me fostering a relationship with Gary because Charlie mm -hmm. threw me into a group chat with <laughs> Gary among a few others, and what we would end up yeah. doing is we would open these packs of like trading cards of NBA top shot. And then we would make yeah. videos of ourselves opening them and dropping them in okay. for our <laughs> listeners. We'll drop a video of me um, oh, you know, showing my uh, sports <laughs> expertise, opening these uh, sports <laughs> NFTs. Uh, and just as a, a quick recap there. So Novice doesn't mm -hmm. know jack shit about sports, particularly basketball. Hey, and uh, what are you talking about? so he jumped in. It really, hey, I whoa. was very skeptical of NFTs and NBA top shot when I first heard about mm -hmm. it. My friend Richard was very big on it. He was always ahead of the curve when it comes to crypto, uh, NFTs. He, right yeah. now he's banking on crypto dads. I don't know if you've heard about crypto dads, yeah. but he, he's got some yeah. crypto dads. He's loving the crypto dads. And <laughs> I wish I jumped on sooner. But anyways, Richard tells me about it. I get a pack. I get a number three, you know, I, I guess the third printed digitally Giannis Antetokounmpo. I probably mm -hmm. butchered his last name, but <laughs> uh, I do know who he is, of course. Uh, I, I am a basketball fan. I'm like novice. But I, I sold that bad boy for fifteen hundred dollars. I was like, "This is yep. nuts!" I was like, "This and is." And you would have gotten a lot more if you held on to it, right? 
Actually, no, I'm still the highest uh, sold because it was oh, really? a, 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 oh, well, it was the regular on that. I mean, you I haven't checked in a couple months, but I tanked. But then I got another pack. Th- this shitty pass from Derek Rose. It was just like not even worth adding a highlight. <laughs> yeah, Someone paid 2200 for it. So, yeah, yep. maybe it will appreciate in the future. Uh, it, those mm-hmm. are still the highest, uh, right? I think NBA Top Shot, too, is probably a little bit different in terms of crypto. But it was just such a good way. Yeah. In, I mean, not crypto. In terms of NFTs and, like, what's going up from what I've heard. Yeah, but yeah it's a bit different. I, it was quite easy and quite accessible. It's just like, oh, I get this concept. It's like sports cards, right? So that's yeah. how we got into it. This is part of the other question I had, though, but because I know when I talked before, it wasn't really a question, and I apologize for that. But, <laughs> no, but, no. but I feel like right, I, I remember, like, so, like, I was first getting into crypto in like 2017, and I remember there was something called Crypto Kitties which was, I think, a creation of the same people who made NBA Top Shot, if I'm not mistaken. I think Um, so. You're right. So these these things have like kind of spiked and then waned in popularity and value at the same time. So, I mean, I guess, would you Mm -hmm. agree that like there's a lot of stuff out there that's not necessarily going to be valuable in the future, but maybe there's a few things that will continue to appreciate, like you said, the artist that has like the most sought after artwork. Yeah, you know, on the blockchain and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Crypto Kitties is for sure gonna stay still like high up there, along with um, another one called uh, Crypto Punks. Uh, those two are like the OGs in terms of their. I think it's Crypto Punks the most. They create. They they're the first that put an NF a non fungible token on the Ethereum on the Ethereum blockchain. So just because of that, because they're the OGs in the game, right? They gain so much value. I think right now, the cheapest CryptoPunk is like $350,000. That's so and crazy. And there's 10,000 of them. I've seen, I've seen this yeah. on Twitter, can, but I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can I yeah, just no ask worries. you really quick? So the CryptoPunks, yeah. like, mm-hmm. okay, who creates those? Where do they come from? Is that just different artists that are creating these? How do they come yeah. to be? Yeah. Um, CryptoPunks um, was done by Larva Labs. I, I don't think they were named like that initially. To be honest, they were just like gamers that were really into like gaming and crypto early on in the game. And they created 10,000 avatars that all have are similar but have different characteristics. And they give it out for free, basically, like just for people that were into it. Right. And people just had to pay for the transaction cost, but it was free for them. So a lot of people got it and it took time for everyone to get one just because not everyone was into NFTs at first. Right. So it's only by late 2020 that it started getting a lot of steam. Right. And then 2021. The some people got offers for their crypto punks for like five Ethereum or something, which was maybe like six thousand dollars. And then a huge boom happened like 2021, right? Like around May, um, well, April, May, where like everyone was just buying NFTs and NFTs. And because crypto punks were the OGs, they're like they became the most valuable ones for being the first ever NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain and now that's why their floor price like the minimum price is like 350k 
Okay, so that that makes yeah, that makes a little bit of sense. What what I'm what -hmm. I would be like concerned about, like, and if I had one, would be like, what's to stop Larva Labs or whoever the creator is of these? Like, if I look at the Bitcoin blockchain, I can be sure that there's there's not more than a certain amount of Bitcoin like in circulation. But for this, like, what's to stop them from just putting a whole bunch more CryptoPunks into circulation? Like, how is the supply capped? I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because usually artists do a project and there's maybe 10,000 of them. What they'll do is they'll do another project if they want to and do a certain amount of them. If But they won't really... I've never seen an artist ever do that just because it won't be good for them for many, for many reasons. One, artists get at perpetuity a percentage of every secondary sell, right? Which is a new, which is dope for artists. Oh wow! Therefore, they're incentivized for the value to go up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they don't want to dilute so they do, like the current. Exactly. They don't, yeah, they don't want to dilute that, right? That's a big so piece. I had no clue. On. That's wild. But, yeah. Yeah, it's really wild because in the past, you know, like I don't know, a poor Picasso or something does a painting, sells it for like five hundred dollars. Ten years later, twenty years later, it's sold for like five million. He can't do anything on that, right? Versus now it's very different. It's written in the code of that token that the artist chooses. 5%, 10%, 50% if he wants to, like any amount that he chooses. Steve, immediately what I'm thinking about, the mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it sounds cool, is like the winners in this situation that you'd like to hope for would be the creators yeah. themselves. So, I mean... Yeah. How does one become a creator of NFTs? Like where where do you start, you know, putting this out there to become one and, you know, start drawing? Yeah. Because, you know, unfortunately <laughs> I don't draw, but I'm sure there's going to be some of our listeners who are really good at it. And, yeah. and I, I'm sure Gary's already thinking we need to make a not to be technical <laughs> at NFT and immediately start getting it out there. Uh, you know, we get there. He's kind of the money man here. Uh, so we, we, I, I, and I agree. We need to get that done. That's more work for me. Um, what is very like unique, at least now, about NFTs is it's really community focused. So the best artists usually focus a lot on their community, is very interactive with them, uh, tries to come up with interesting concepts in even the sell of the NFT of the NFTs that they sell. And once you have a good community that follows you, right, that's when you can make your NFT and sell it to them. To make an NFT today, there's platforms where within five minutes, you guys could create like an NFT right now. There's a popular one. It's called mintable.app. That's that's basically the name of the website. You go on there. Um, they'll tell you, okay, upload your JPEG like your or your video or whatever, your GIF, whatever you want it to be, your art that you drew or anything. And then you can create like a one of one or you can make 10 of those and uh, t- 10 editions, right? And then you click mint and then you put on the blockchain and there you have it. And then you can already start selling it on like a, a platform like OpenSea.com. I'll, I'll, I can give you those links after. Cool. <laughs> OpenSea is like a place where like um, you can post your NFTs and sell them to people. 
basically. It's a market. I've heard about OpenSeas before. It sounds like for the most part, though, the value is derived from like the artist for the most part. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds like you need to have some sort of like sphere of influence yourself. And, and the that... yeah, the community kind of comes around, whatever. Like if, if there's like one that's been around since the beginning, obviously it seems like yeah. that is, is very valuable. Um, you yeah. can't just go on and create a whole bunch of nfts and make millions of dollars necessarily um it depends we don't know about that yet because i'm gonna make some not to be technical ones and i'm gonna put them up there and i'm also gonna throw one of those bad boys to steve free of cost maybe i'll do like 10 total so just just, no just just put it just put it in the code for him to get some royalties and then we're good (laughs) i'm not going that far i know how these things work i like steve but i'm not trying to give him my fortune you know But yeah, but yeah, there's there's many artists that like they weren't like very they didn't know about the crypto space, crypto world, but they were just like known for their art, right? They had like two hundred thousand followers on Instagram for their art, but they never were able to really monetize it. And now because of NFTs being able to bring ownership to something digital, they're finally able to be like, oh wow, I can sell my art. Because before anybody could just like do a left click copy and save the image, right? So now they're able to monetize that. Also, there's people that like nobody knew before and they made millions too. So you you still have you guys still have hope, you know? Basically, what's <laughs> happening is like <laughs> exactly. Basically, you just gotta have a dope concept for your art. I thought you were gonna say an internet connection. <laughs> so <laughs> thing I know about well, art and that. culture. So good. Yeah, like you gotta you know you gotta have good art. If you have good art, right? How I see most projects nowadays is they're usually a team of like four to five people. There's one or two artists, then there's one or two developers. So the people that will do all the coding, make sure that everything is right. And then there's one or two moderators and people that are that do the marketing and that try to build a community around that project. And there's some that tried it, flopped, and there's some that did it and it like they sold it all and did like two, three millions the day of the of the sale, you know? So you, you, you guys can do it. I believe in you guys, you know? <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. I have, I actually have a follow-up question to that though, because mm-hmm. it sounds like, so what, what you're talking about is like digital art creators, right? Yeah. What about, so this question feeds into another one, but like, what about people who are artists, like, you know, in physical forms, whether it's like a sculptor or mm-hmm. a painter or something like that. And then also I've heard about people talking about like physical things existing mm-hmm. on the blockchain. And I can't wrap my head around how that would work. Um, like it, it, like my, it, you know, my artwork that I have hanging up in my house or like my fridge in my kitchen, it's mm-hmm. like on the blockchain. Like I, I can't wrap <laughs> yeah. my head around that. Yeah. Basically for that last part, it's um, an NFT can represent anything. Basically you're just putting it on the blockchain but you can you can put an NFT and in the contract of that NFT, you say anybody that owns this owns this property in real life. Somebody could do that. And if you buy that NFT, you also then buy that property in real life. So you can do that for anything. So it could be you like a house. Your- like I could buy yes. my house on the blockchain. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like right now, you don't see that yet, 
just because there's not enough like regulations and legislation that goes with all of that, right. you know? So like, it would be complicated to do that, but that's something that will come in the near future. Like when you, people are saying in the future, when you buy things that are more than like a thousand dollars, let's say an iPhone, you won't get a receipt anymore. You'll just get an NFT, which is basically that will say you own that iPhone. And if you want to sell it to somebody else, you got to actually give that contract and transfer it to somebody else, you know, therefore that will help for even like iPhones that get stolen or whatever, because like nobody will be able to use that iPhone, except if you can show that you own it through the blockchain, which nobody can change. So like in the future that might happen actually where physical stuff are actually like um, put on the blockchain. But right now what some artists are doing is, oh, I'm doing an NFT, right? And I sell it to people of a sculpt. Uh, it can be like whatever, 3D snowman, for example. I'm selling that uh, digitally. After the, all the buyers or the first 500 buyers of my NFT will also get a physical representation of that and I'll send it to them. So they're able to do that. So some people like um, Beeple, I don't know if you've heard of that artist. He's the one that sold... Uh, one NFT for $69 million did that for some of his sales where um, he, he drew a few, like they look like monsters or kinds of whatever avatars. And the people who got that NFT were sent the physical representations of those two. Cool. So what happens to the value if they lose that physical thing? Like, does it, does it drop or are those like mutually exclusive? That I haven't seen, but that was actually interesting to know, right? Because I'm sure somebody that wants to resell the NFT, right? He can resell that NFT without giving the physical piece. But maybe if he says on the, on the secondary market, oh, I'm selling that NFT, along with the physical piece, the value will go up even more than if it's just the NFT. That makes sense. So, Interesting. You know? and, 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 yeah. It sounds right. like there's going to be like a secondary market of like the physical yeah. goods that are not attached yeah. to NFTs. Yeah, exactly. So there's a discount on those, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I saw, I saw like, a, like a documentary about like artwork and it was, I think it was in terms of like a counterfeit, like art scam where somebody in China yeah. was like recreating Picasso's or something like that. Mm -hmm. But there's this idea in like fine art, like the fine art world of provenance where it's like, yes. you can trace, you can trace all the owners back to the, like the original artist. So yeah, I guess that's, that's so similar important. in that sort of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important in the art world. And what's nice about NFTs is that since it's on the blockchain and nobody can change the blockchain, you can trace from where it comes from all right. the owners that had it. And a funny thing about NFTs is if one of the previous owners was a celebrity like Elon Musk or like Jay-Z, right? If you're able to buy that NFT just because a celebrity owned it, now that you own that NFT, it will increase in value just because of who right. it passed through, you know, which is a funny thing. But yeah. That's something that, that 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 you can do with NFTs. That doing um, in the real world with physical stuff is much more harder to do. Got it. So, 
I want to go back to something you said, Steve, and mm-hmm. I, I think especially you gave the iPhone example. And, and earlier yeah. you said, you know, there'll be kind of like a wallet, which can maybe be like yeah. a trophy case online or, mm-hmm. you know, like NBA Top Shot was actually a very easy to understand version of this yeah. where you would have a profile, you can display your roster, your starting five, whatever it was, like your lineup mm-hmm. of all these cards you've collected. So when it comes to a wallet, uh, and you, I, I like the example you gave too, like probably on social media platforms, you'll have like, Maybe it's your Instagram. There'll be integration eventually where, you know, certain things you could show there. It could be the devices you own, the art you own, um, maybe certain things that people have gifted you. Uh, Mm Novice will probably never see any of these. Uh, It is wallet on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, He would would need to uh, start working on it. But uh, (laughs) I would give you you something, though. But uh, I I would say (laughs) I I find that really interesting, though. The uh, rights to Gary's fridge. Yeah, the rights to Gary's fridge, I think you can certainly have that. I am not giving up my fridge. I love my fridge. I, I think back to kind of how Dogecoin started, right? I, I believe yeah. originally it was for tipping others like on Reddit and other things like that, right? Yeah. So I could see where NFTs are a more visual way where, sure, you could do that. You could show what you own. But you gave that mm-hmm. Ready Player One example, Steve, which, which I really yeah. like. I saw that movie. I got it completely. But I kind of want to go back to that. Do you mind yeah. kind of explain for maybe anyone that didn't see that movie kind of kind of what happens in that movie and, and how mm-hmm. you see that being a realistic uh, realistic in the sense of like the NFTs could actually be something that we see in the future and how that would work? Yeah, um, it's been a minute that I've watched that movie, but from <laughs> what I remember, basically is there's a world, a video game world, right? Mm-hmm. where players can go into that world through um how do you call that like uh goggles how do we have vr that, those vr headset? yeah vr yeah vr yeah. headsets and all that type of stuff some even have suits to be able to like run and walk and all that type of stuff right and they can play in it they can earn coins and money in the world in that world and um what is it i think um, one of the creators who died left a clue that um, players can follow. And if you're able to follow that clue and then get all the other clues to, to, to get like a kind of keys or something like that, then you'll like get all his money that all, no, not all his money, the ownership of the game. Yes, that was it. <laughs> Excuse my memory, yeah. the ownership of the game. <laughs> so there's everybody like, fighting within that world and trying to get like all the keys to like own the game. Mm -hmm. What was important about ready player one is how the game became so important that um, your digital presence in that world was sometimes worth even more than your worth in real life. Right. Which that is not a good thing technically because real life Mm -hmm. should still be like the most important, but it shows the potential of NFTs. And let me explain you how, right? That's where I brought the word, uh, the word metaverse. Metaverse is basically a virtual world. Um, the difference is that any video games, you can say it's a virtual world, but metaverses are usually uh, the things within the world are built on the blockchain. So it's not owned by a single entity so fortnite everything in there is owned by fortnite if they choose to close it (laughs) you're done for everything you ever like you know invested in there you'll lose it right versus in metaverses 
everything you buy is with money that is usually crypto a cryptocurrency sometimes it's ethereum sometimes it's another type of cryptocurrency and you own it for yourself and there's metaverses an example is one called decentraland where you can buy property on it like i can buy like a hundred square feet like a place there and it will cost me i don't know how much some 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 um places some properties have been sold for like two hundred thousand dollars five hundred thousand dollars like it's crazy and a lot of and these companies, are just digital properties like a yes, it's, it's like it's, it's it's like a minecraft house or yeah, something so i was gonna yes. ask it's like, yeah is this <laughs> yeah. some sort of vr like <laughs> like land yeah, like you buy life. Yeah, basically, it's like a VR type place. And but right how, now, that's crazy. Why would people pay that mm-hmm. much for that? Okay, um, that's I'm, I'm going to give you a good example right now. Wholesale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give you like an easy example. There's a there's very there's many metaverses. One one that's a popular one is called Super World. Basically, Super World is the copy version of the actual world, but done digitally. So. You can go on superworld.com right now. And this exists right now? Yeah. And you can type your address. So I can go to my house. (laughs) Yes. You can type your address and buy the block uh, of like your house right now. Like and like houses near them. They sell like 100 meters by 100 meters square feet or something like that. Like, So somebody else owns my house on the, what's it called again? Super, super, super world. Uh, (laughs) Super world. Somebody else owns my house. Yeah, now it's new, so like it's very scared. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so what's interesting? What's so interesting to me about this is like Mm -hmm. um, the industry Charlie and I work in is in real estate, um, like for our day jobs, and like, like, yeah. And within that, we work in wholesale real estate, which is a secondary market. So then I'm thinking about like being in this virtual world and then being in a secondary market of a virtual world. And that just kind of like hurts my brain. Getting too bad here. This is like inception right now. Wholesale virtual real estate. Let's start it off. So the thing, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry. I I was just going to say like the thing I I always come back to with this stuff is like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I can see it in Ready Player One, like, the the items maybe in the game that help you out or like weapons or whatever like they have value mm-hmm. because you can use them to like make more money in in that yeah. metaverse or or the like digital yeah. world but like it, it seems like all these nfts it kind of boils down to like it's just like i said it, it's it's basically a status symbol you know like there's mm-hmm. i i, ha- I still i ultimately have a hard time seeing like the utility of this um mm-hmm. and it's it just seems like everything that's valuable is valuable because you can kind of show your wealth to other people versus Gary, like actual utility swag, of those. Bro. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean think about shoes. That's fi- there's shoes value in that. Like you gave the yeah. Lambo example. I mean, clearly there, there yeah. is value in that, but like, mm-hmm. I, it seems like that's, that's like where all the value is derived from. Would you say that I'm missing something with that? Yeah. Cause there's like, like a car has various types of values. There's like use value to go from point A to B. And then all the rest is usually other stuff like flexing, showing that you have money, a certain type of <laughs> like status. Aesthetic. Yeah. The aesthetic. <laughs> why I buy like Nike or Louis Vuitton or anything you buy. Right. So 
Um, now you're asking me what is basically the utility of some of those NFTs, right? NFTs won't just be used for art. They will be used to also represent intellectual property. They will be used um, to do contracts with banks or whatever kind of thing right in the future. And this makes it that you don't need to pass by a third party. And you need you can just use a direct contract an NFT that is trustless. So you don't need to trust the person. It's basically a contract, a piece of code that if you do X, you receive uh, Y or something like that, right? So already that is already useful in itself. And on top of that, there's all the other uses as we talked about on the metaverse, right? I own a piece of land there and I build my uh, a museum there. And in the museum, I showcase all the NFTs that I own because I'm one of the first ones that created that museum on that fake, on that digital world, right? Um, many other artists after hit me up like, hey, yo, a lot of people are going into your museum. Can I, can I come in there and showcase my art too, my NFTs? And then I'll say, That's okay, so cool. you can do, and then I'll say, okay, it's all good. You can do that. But for a fee of five ETH per month, for example. And if I have oh my like a thousand artists that then do that to me, then I'm generating income because there's a bunch of people paying me five ETH per this month. This is crazy. Because a lot of people are going in <laughs> okay. that digital world to go see my, muse- my museum, right? And it's like, how does Instagram or Facebook make money? It's because of the amount of people that go on it. And yeah, because there's so much people on it, then other businesses wants to pay wants to pay Facebook to have their publicity or whatever type of business on Facebook. Same amount, same thing. Because the world is going digitally, more people are used to being in video games, to p- spending so much time online. Uh, their digital present and being digitally there is increasing day by day, right? So all the people that are crazy gamers that are whatever, right? In 20 years, them, they're going to be so used to being online and doing things digitally. And that's what we call Web 3.0, you know? Web 2.0 was like Facebook, Instagram, and all this. Now it's going to be the next level. It's going to be where like we go in digital worlds and this is so important. Our digital presence is so important and I can have a 3D house in that world that was designed by this crazy artist that I bought for $200,000, for example. And in it, I showcase uh, specific things and I'm like very rich digitally. But so like if enough, I have- that can bring me money too. In the real if world. I, yeah, that's crazy. So if I have like an OG <laughs> crypto punk and like a bunch of mm-hmm. like tricked out digital art in my digital house and then I drive like a Toyota Corolla yeah. in real life, like I'm rich on the digital world. <laughs> hey, so that's all, that really, that's all that really counts. It was just an example. <laughs> yeah, that's all that really well, counts. Just an example. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> usually if you're able to get yourself a crypto punk, which the cheapest one right now is worth and yeah. being sold for three hundred and fifty thousand. You're not driving a Corolla. <laughs> no big deal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Rich boy and, shit out and, here. And, exactly. And not for example, right now there's pla- you just hold on to it forever. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> but there's platforms being created so that you can hold 
very expensive, very valuable um, NFTs like CryptoPunks as collateral to get loans. So like, it's oh, really crazy right now. You're going to be <laughs> able to do that. Or there's other platforms where I, I can go on it, say to the platform, okay, I put my CryptoPunk there and people can buy shares of that CryptoPunk and I receive some of that money and I can u- utilize that money to invest in other things or whatever, right? And whenever there's going to be a sell of that CryptoPunk or an increase in value, the shareholders can get a certain amount from that. So like there's so many things being built around like NFTs, especially very valuable ones. And now is just the beginning. So it's like right now there's so many NFTs being built and I can already tell you like 90% of it is going to flop. Just like the internet when it started, 90% of all the websites. So you would say there's definitely a bubble going on right now. Yes. But the technology of the internet itself is like revolutionary. It's the same thing with NFTs. There's so many people creating NFTs of of like useless things that don't mean anything. But there's the rare ones that are built by artists and very crypto knowledgeable people that have um, future potential for what they're creating, right? So those few ones are going to be very valuable, right? Or there's some like the CryptoPunks, they have no utility, but because they're the OGs, they will always have value, right? Because they're just the first one that ever yeah, did it. No, they're just, so, they're just like, <laughs> since they're the first people there, like yeah, everyone's exactly. going to have some value attached to it. It makes sense. So yeah. um, I want to double back to something here, Steve. So you've mentioned mm-hmm. um, a few times that, you know, like sort of the platform that everything seems to be built on, or at least like, the major one is Ether. Uh, which I'm yeah. very glad that I've been Ethereum. pumping into this year. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, um, are there other cryptocurrencies or other networks that um, you know NFTs are being built on uh, aside from Ether that people should be looking out for? And then also, how does that work in the future? Like, are they going to be competing yeah. networks or is it just going to be kind of like mm-hmm. how there are multiple social networks now where people go to Twitter for certain things and Facebook for others? Yeah. Um for I okay, your first question I'll answer it. I know, I'm sorry, um, I asked like way too many yeah, questions. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Right now, there's many places where you can do NFTs and many uh, um blockchains, and the most popular ones is well, the most popular one is Ethereum, of course. And after that, there is Solana, and um that is very popular right now. Um and it's a layer two blockchain. So now you get more like technical. Basically, Ethereum. Not to be technical. Uh, it, yeah, Ethereum can do something around like 33 transactions per second, while Bitcoin can just do like five. That's why Ethereum became popular because it's more efficient. But Ethereum now is being used by so much people because NFTs are becoming popular, right? So the the transactions are higher than what it can manage therefore the transaction cost to do anything on the ethereum blockchain is very expensive it can cost like thirty dollars a hundred dollars the more people are using ethereum to do a transaction at a certain time the more it increases right 
some people have paid even like five hundred dollars in fees, which is crazy. That's just lot, for yeah. the transaction to just go to through. purchase like an NFT. Okay, it, exactly. So what some people have done um, is create a, what we call a layer two blockchain, which is a blockchain on top of Ethereum. That blockchain is able to do, let's say, like 10,000 transactions a second. Therefore, it's really cheap to do a transaction, like $1, $2, sometimes even cheaper than that. And after every transaction made on that is slowly put on the Ethereum blockchain. That's why we call it a layer two blockchain. Gotcha. And Solana is that. But um, right now, Ethereum... Um, and uh, a bunch of developers are working on making Ethereum more efficient and to be able to do around like 100,000 transactions a second. That will take time. They're saying it will happen in 2022. I'm saying it's probably going to happen more around like 2023, 24. But when that will happen, I personally believe that a bunch of those layer two blockchains are going to like gonna fall start off. falling off because like gotcha. Ethereum is the most used, you know? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for so now, Steve, I feel like um, this last important. combo, uh, one, very enlightening, but I feel like we're starting mm-hmm. to get into some NFTs 102 here. So yeah, I want to exactly. reel it back a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe to wrap it up a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that office is very confused right now. So yeah, confused. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, something no, more no, you explained that, it really well, no. Steve. We're joking. <laughs> Steve, yeah, yeah. this has been great. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess like a general question I feel like would be for anyone here, maybe in our audience, mm-hmm. is just um, one, like, how, just how do you how do you get into this? Like, what would you recommend for someone who's just, you know, listening to the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. interested in NFTs? Um, either they're just interested in art in general or just looking to invest. Yeah. What should they do? Being interested to uh, just into NFTs, I would say um, to go on the platform. Um, it can be NBA Top Shops or like another one that's uh, interesting is NF- uh, Nifty Gateway. I'll, I'll send you the links after so you can maybe put in the, the description. Why I <laughs> yeah. always... Links in the description I, below. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. Why yeah, Gary, Gary loves those... claiming everything will be in the description when he has <laughs> because no, Charlie doesn't. Charlie's the one yeah. that has to do it all. So yeah, yeah so, so he just claims give... everything goes in the description. And send like, us no, lots. You're not doing that. Send us lots and lots of links, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Why I always say like uh, NBA Top Shops or Nifty Gateway is because um, those are platforms where you can buy NFTs even with like a credit card, so you don't need to have. Uh, Ethereum uh, or any That's crypto, right. so it's really simple Easy for you know people that don't know anything about like the crypto world, right? They can see something that they like. They can see how to buy one, create an account very simply. So that's really nice, and that gives a nice like, um, like uh, first like encounter with the NFT space. And when you get more, if you still get, if you're still into it, that's when you can start looking at making your own wallet, you know, because most platforms um, to buy uh, NFTs, you need to first create an account with an exchange um, where you can buy an, uh, crypto. And once you create uh, that account, you can change your money in uh, Canadian or USD 
um, into e uh, Ethereum. And then with that Ethereum, you can sell it to a wallet that you created. And then with that wallet, then you can buy NFT. So you see how this is complicated already for somebody right. that's like it's adding uh, steps. Not into like cryptocurrency. So like yeah. that's a big problem right now that many um, developers are trying to work on to make it simpler for the everyday people. But um, I would definitely say start with Nifty Gateway and a NBA Top Shops. Those are the simplest ways to like buy NFTs, look at NFTs, what they're about. Um, and I forgot the second part of your question because you asked me like two or three questions. <laughs> Classic. Uh, it is muted right now. Classic also. Um, <laughs> um, so the, so I think the, f the first part was just like how to get into it. Um, mm -hmm. No shit. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Steve. <laughs> the second part was just no, like how to, how to get out of it. How to get rich time. fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No worries. I, I think Steve, you answered more than enough there. We don't need another <laughs> question there, but I have two questions for you actually to kind of round yeah. out the episode here. So the first mm -hmm. one, Steve, um, this has nothing to do with NFTs whatsoever, but we were talking yeah. about this before you joined. Uh, are you familiar with the movie, the nightmare before Christmas? No, I haven't seen that one. So it's like a, I think it's a Disney movie. Like it has like Jack. Okay. Have you ever played Kingdom Hearts? That game? Like, I don't know if you're a gamer or anything like that. Uh, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not too much of a gamer. Like I've actually like Super Smash Bros, wow, but that's Steve it. Steve thinks you're such a loser right now. <laughs> hey, I'm not the only one that wanted to ask this. All right. Well, there's a movie called The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, come on. His answer doesn't like, count. He doesn't, he's not sure about this stuff. His, don't make his his him on the spot. Hear me out. I have a plan, Gary. Please believe in me. So, okay, go for Steve, it. if you don't mind Googling very quickly The Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas oh my gosh. and, and just kind of so looking good. at the movie poster and telling us, it, and I know it says Christmas in the name, but just looking visually at this, do you think mm -hmm. that You're this looks more like on. a... Yeah, I'm you not, are said, leading him on a little bit. You're leading him right. 10 minutes for a bit. Okay, uh, Steve, does this look more like a Halloween or a Christmas movie? Uh, just looking visually at the art of the movie, The Nightmare Before oh, Christmas. definitely Halloween with like the Let's bats go. and stuff like that. <laughs> and like the Gary. little vampire type vibes and all that. There was no hesitation from Steve. Has it? Oh, yeah, definitely. There we go. I, I, that's the right answer, Steve. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, but I think the more important question here, Steve, is, is Steve, you, you just gave us so much good information. I personally learned so much about NFTs here. Uh, things that I'm definitely going to be looking. I'm going to be clicking those links in the description that I create as well. But mm -hmm. I, I do want to ask you, Steve, how can the people yeah. find you? Is there anything you want to plug? It, it just we, we loved having you on. It was awesome. But, but how can people find you if you have anything you want to get out there? Um, the best would, to be honest, be my Instagram, which is at Steve Sheldy. Um, Sheldy is like my name. There will be a link name. in the description. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's like the best way to like follow me or message me, send me a DM or something like that. Like I'm quite responsive. That's mainly where I'm at. So like, that's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for the plug. Huh? <laughs> that's yeah, great. we got you. Are there links to, to buy your NFTs on, on Instagram as well? Like, are you selling NFTs personally? Oh, no, 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 no. For the moment, I'm not selling NFTs. That would be actually pretty dope. Especially so can I, I get in on the Series like, 1? Can I get, like, can I get like, the OG <laughs> yeah, NFTs us, uh, when you start selling them? treatment. 
<laughs> yeah, if, if I start selling some, I'll make sure to send a link to you guys. Maybe awesome. give you like, I'll create a pre-sale and put you guys Ooh. on the pre-sale. It's you like, know, to get yeah, some it's just, it's super stuff. cheap. It's like, like Early 15 bird. ETH. 15 ETH for my first piece. Oh my gosh, ouch. Uh, that, that <laughs> might... Joe Gary, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Steve Work. No, it's a good deal, I promise. <laughs> well, that's Steve, what Gary would do. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, as Charlie mentioned, I feel like I, I've gotten very knowledgeable about this. I think our podcast mm-hmm. listeners would agree. Um, so, as usual, guys, please give us a follow on Instagram at not to be technical on Twitter at not to be tech. Uh, give us a follow on Spotify and make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. You already know what it is. Stay tuned for episode number 18, our 20th recorded episode next week.